Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Grave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. God is so good. You know, uh, I'm a contemplator, and I am, a, uh, I am one that when I hear something, my brain goes off to not justify, but, um, oh, what's it called? Support. Yeah, maybe that's, a, maybe that's a better word. But somebody says something, and I just think, it, think of it scripturally, and Bring it, get a scripture for it. But um, we were singing worship, and the, the song, uh, the the scripture came to me from uh, Psalm 100. It said, "Make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all ye lands." You say, "Well, Pastor, when should I make a joyful shout? Is that just in church, or is that when my wife irritates me, or?" Is that when I hit my finger with a hammer? No, the reality is, is you make a joyful shout. And David gives us the answer. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Do you know what? Uh, Because we live in a world that doesn't appreciate the joyful shout. They don't mind shouting. Uh, you know, I've been at Chiefs games, and hey, man, they had no problems shouting. And uh, you know, I I lived in a I lived in a family where there was shouting, both mother and father. But if we did it, pop. So anyway, you know, but David, David, you know, did J- David how how did he get that information? Well, he was under the Spirit. David, when he wrote the, David, when he received the Psalms, he was in the Spirit. He was receiving downloads from the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that the, the more we're in that place where we receive from the Holy Spirit, the more we receive from God, the more we're in His presence, the more we are receiving that love, that compassion, and we are walking in it. How many of you know the freely you receive freely? Come on, there's got to be more people than that. We're, we teach the Bible here. It is freely you receive, freely give. If you're not getting it, then you need to give it away. You say, well, how can I? God's already poured out his love on you. Am I in the right church? I said, God's already poured out his love upon you. Amen. Well, actually, when I, when I get to Psalm 27, that's when I've started my sermon. Okay. But I want to give you, I want to give you some thoughts. This happens every October. Every October, you see all of these decorations go out and they're all in reference to death. 
You know, the world loves death. The world loves to, to exalt death. You know, the only thing is, you know, I've seen people that said they wanted to die, and then when it came time for them to die, they weren't ready to die. We can say we love it, but the reality is, is we don't want to die. We, ha- we actually have a, we actually have a, a, an inward mechanism that wants to live. I've heard of people that uh, tried to commit suicide jumping off of the br- jumping off of a bridge, and they said as soon as they let go, they regretted it. As soon as they let go, they regretted it. And so we are we are we have something on the inside of us. I used to tell people, if you think you want to die, put your fill the bathtub with water, stick your head in, and see how long you want to die. <laughs> I tell you what, you'll be. You'll be fighting to get a breath of air. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I would like to, uh, uh, I'd like to go to uh, John, John chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. This kind of goes along with my, with my rant. How many of you celebrate life? You know, we sang a song, not today, but uh, in the past, celebrate Jesus, celebrate. When you celebrate Jesus, you're celebrating life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I got to take off my glasses so I can see. Thank you, Lord. You say, well, what do you mean? What do you wear them for? Well, if I want to see you, I put them back on. Thank you, Lord. It's nothing personal. I just want to see the Bible right now. But in verse 14, it says this. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What does Jesus compare himself to? A serpent. A serpent is a snake. Why? Why does he do that? Because he had to take our sin and our curse upon him that we might receive his life and his blessing and that the curse be broken. He says in Galatians, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So he is the one that had to become, uh, he became our curse. And he took our punishment for the curse that we deserved. And he goes on to say, he says uh, that, that whoever believes in him, speaking of Jesus, should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now listen to this one. Of course, the last one was good. Say the last one was good. But a lot of people stop there. They're familiar with John 3, 16. Let's look at the next one. He says, for God... uh, He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Do you ever feel condemned? Do you ever feel, I mean, even as a, even as a believer, does condemnation come upon you? Well, Christ came to relieve you, to deliver you from all condemnation. And we're familiar with uh, Romans chapter eight. He says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Turn, if you're around somebody, say, drop the condemnation. Yeah. 
Quit condemning me. And I'll quit condemning you. Thank you, Lord. Well, I was going to get to that if you let me preach. Quit, quit condemning yourself. Thank you, Lord. The Lord was tell, uh, ministering to my heart the other day, and he's telling me what a blessing it is to have somebody to share life with. And then he said something to me. He says, he says this. He says, you reap what you sow. How are you treating your spouse? All the women are shaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you treating your spouse? You will reap what you sow. Are you sowing love? Are you sowing joy? Are you sowing peace? Are you lifting up? Are you elevating If you are, then you reap that. If you're sowing criticism, curses, say, I don't curse at my wife. I'm not talking about slang. I'm talking about you speak evil against your wife. I never spoke evil against my wife. Call her old lady. I'm smarter than that. Give me a little credit. You know, there's some things I've done in the past. I only had to do it once. <laughs> you only have to do it once. But what are, you, what are you sowing into the life? Well, we're talking today, we're talking today about a God who is light and life and love. Thank you, Lord. But we live in a world that's full of darkness, and we're going to get to that. But he says, and this is, uh, he, he says, um, verse 17 again, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, uh, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. We don't usually go this far into the scripture, but let's go to the next one. He says, and this is the condemnation that light has come and men love darkness rather than light. We're living in a world that celebrates death. We're living in a world that wants to glorify death. We love the horror movies. I don't love the horror movies. We love, we love the horror movies. The, the scarier it is, the bloodier it is. Oh, we like that. But the reality is, is you wouldn't like it if it was really happening to you. God says men love darkness rather than light. Thank you, Lord. I'd also, uh, let's go to first, uh, first John three. Go to first John three. Oh, praise the Lord. Got the wrong marker. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 6. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 7. Thank you, Lord. Well, what am I going to do about it? I live in this world of darkness. What am I going to do about it? By faith, you do something about it. If we would read the latter part of of uh, 2 Corinthians 6, we would see that God desires to live in the believer, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And we realize that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father come into us to clean us and make us temples of the living God. But how many of you know that sometimes our minds need to be swept out? So let's read, uh, with that in mind, let's read uh, verse 1 of chapter 7. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know God is holy. That's not something that we should dread. That's not something that we should fear. God is, with God living on the inside of us and us fellowshipping with him, he makes us holy. Let me just tell you this. If you are, if you feel like you're holy and you're criticizing other people, you are not holy with the holiness of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his own. He didn't criticize the world. I mean, the only one that has a right to criticize is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they're not criticizing us. They, are, they have sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through them might have life. Hallelujah. Well, let's go on over to um, Psalm 27. Oh, he's going to get to his sermon. Hallelujah. I was telling uh, Mark this morning, uh, and I mentioned, kind of mentioned this before, make sure you have a hard copy of the Bible. You have a hard copy of the Bible? Is your nightstand more saved than you are? <laughs> Just a thought. I mean, that came to me this morning. That's fresh revelation. You know, God's going to say, well, your nightstand can come in, but you can't. <laughs> your nightstand is holy and sanctified. Because the Bible said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And if your nightstand has more holiness than you do, you know, I'm teasing partially, but anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So we're aware that there is a world that loves darkness, but God didn't come to bring us darkness. God came to bring us light. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He also, John, John says in First uh, John chapter 1, he says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Hallelujah. Are you in him? Then if you've got darkness, he's driving it out. You know, it's better to cooperate than to resist. You ever had a child that resists your discipline? My wife would say to the kids, I'm going to win. <laughs> and God's going to win. Some of you, I don't know what he's talking about. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go to, uh, are you in Psalm 27? Do you have a hard copy of the Bible? because I didn't finish uh, what I was going to say. Do you know, uh, app, uh, China told Apple to pull off, pull off the Bible apps. You can't get the Bible online anymore in China. Just a thought. So I would suggest you get a hard copy 
of the Bible. Thank you, Lord. Because somebody said they're good people. Anyway. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, I get up, I get up in the middle of the night and there is a bedpost at the end of the bed. And there is no, we've got shade darkening blinds. Hallelujah for shade darkening blinds. But you know what? You better start using your hands as your eyes. Because in the dark, you can put your toe right into that bedpost and you will see whether you are really saved or not. (laughs) Because I've done it. I've put my foot into the bedpost a number of times. Now I just reach out. Reach out because I don't want to go through the pain because I haven't got time for the pain. (laughs) But he says, so he says, come back on. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Do you know that as we are walking in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, but that, but that light drives out fear. There is no reason for the believer to fear because they have the light of the world living on the inside of them. And as a matter of fact, Jesus not only said, I am the light of the world, but before he was crucified and went back to heaven, he said, you are the light of the world. He says, oh, well, that's great. You know, those, those disciples, man, they were the light of the world. No, he's saying, he, Jesus told them, he said, you go and teach them the things I taught you. You are the light of the world. Do you know the difference between light and darkness? Light is, re, light is demonstrating the life of God that's on the inside of you and letting it come out to other people. So, well, pastor, you know, I haven't been, I I haven't been in the, I haven't been a Christian as long as you. But you know what? You've got a Bible and the Bible says that your word is true. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The psalmist said this. He said, how can a young man cleanse his ways? Then he goes on to say, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, this is not something that is very difficult. Because if it was up to you, you couldn't do it. If it was up to me, I couldn't do it. But the more I spend time with him, the more I'm in fellowship with him, the more I read his word, the more I lift my hands and worship him, I feel, uh, I feel a power starting to rise up within me because he's the Holy Spirit. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Turn to somebody and say, wow, that's good news. Hallelujah. 
The scripture, well, the scripture says in 1 John, he says, God is light and this light opposes darkness. Thank you, Lord. When God saves, he delivers us from the power of darkness. Colossians 1. You are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son and God is light. Darkness in Genesis. Genesis, we see that the world was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. Well, what was the condition of the world while it was in darkness? It was, it had no form. It had no structure. Have you ever tried to live your life without structure? Well, it's your thing. Do what you want it. No. You've got to have some structure. The things you enjoy might be the things that kill you. You know, God, God is not a killjoy. He only wants you to stop what will kill you. Thank you, Lord. Man, I'll tell you what, the closer I get to him, the closer I get to you. Anyway, the closer I get to him, the better I feel. You know, there is a scripture that says, um, it's about, um, oh, what is it? It's about being, your youth being renewed like the eagles. I, you know, I was telling Melody, and she can attest to this. Because I didn't like to do chores. I hated honeydew. You know what the honeydew is? Honeydew this, honeydew that. I hate that list, you know. Because I just didn't feel like it. She said the other day, man, I really appreciate you doing this and this. I said, well, I didn't do it for you. I just felt good. I know I, I could have I could have scored some brownie points. But the reality is, is I feel good, therefore I have the energy to do stuff. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, that's a nice scripture, but I wish it was true. The word of God is true. God's word is true. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So The earth was without form and void. And God gives your life purpose. He gives you purpose. He gives you something to live for. He gives you something to live for. He gives you something to look forward to. You know, heaven's not the best. Heaven's not the best God has. And hell's not the worst. Because you know what? The Bible says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And those that have gone and come back and reported what it was like in heaven, they have no clue what God has in store. Because we've got more than what they've already seen. Say, what about hell? Well, death, hell, and the grave are going to be cast into the lake of fire. So even hell's going to get revamped. So I don't believe in hell. I do, and I don't want to go there. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, how come you're talking about that stuff? We don't like to hear it. Well, I'm sorry. I was raised 
with every week. Just one more, just one more, just one more round of just as I am. And I thought that that song leader is going to hell. Because liar, because liars don't go to heaven. And it was 25 times later we finally got out of there. Hallelujah. So anyway, 1 John. 1 John 1, 5, he says, This is the message that we have heard from him and declared unto you, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Any amount of darkness that we allow in us hinders our fellowship. Now I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm just saying that sometimes we allow things in us that opens the door to darkness. You know, Paul said to one of the churches, he said, give no place to the devil. That means there's a possibility of giving place. That doesn't mean that they're gonna, that they would be lost. That just means you open the door to Satan and allow him to, ki- to bring in killing, stealing, and destroying, but we shut the door. I'm full of songs. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep. Light the candle in the night. What is the candle? It's the word of God. Hallelujah. So anyway, if we say we have no sin, or if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice. I didn't call you a liar. It says we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Man, I'm sure glad he cleanses us from all sin because I can think back and still cringe. I can, I can still cringe, but, it, but the Bible says he, he cleanses us from all sin. Not just part of it. Thank you, Lord. He gave, God gave the Son so that we could have fellowship with Him. He's not keeping you at a distance. He's not, he's not stiff-arming you and keeping you away. He's saying, come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You stay in the light, you stay in fellowship, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us. You know, is that, is that really that difficult? It's not. It's not. I remember, <laughs> I remember taking uh, someone that was raised in a particular church. It was very legalistic. And uh, we went to a meeting. And after the meeting, he came back. And we were kind of talking in the parking lot. He was dropping me off at my apartment. And he said, man, how do you be saved? How do you be saved? And I told him, and he says, that's just too easy. That's just too easy. We try to make it difficult. We try, we want to have part. We want to feel good about what we've done. But the Bible says not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, I, I memorized King James. Thank you, Lord. Of course, I knew King James, but not not really. Just a thought. 
we're still, well, we're actually still in verse 1 of Psalm 27. He goes on to say, the Lord is the strength of my life. So he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. When you feel weak, you say, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength. And you get up and you act like the Lord is the strength of your life. Thank you, Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This verse used to frustrate me because I was trying to figure out what I had to do to be strong in the Lord. But he didn't say, you know, work, you know, generate some kind of power. He said, be strong in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Trust him and he will make, he will give you his strength. He'll give you his strength. How many of you felt weak? How many felt like you couldn't make it and all of a sudden the Lord comes along with his strength and he starts lifting you up. He starts pulling you out of depression. He starts pulling you out of fear. It might even be pulling you out of a sickness and a disease. The Lord will lift you up. Thank you, Lord. Says the Lord is the strength of my life. He goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, if God is light and the enemy comes with tricks and temptations to try to kill, steal, and destroy you, then he comes, then he brings the darkness. So we shut the door to the darkness and we become strong in the Lord. Verse 2, actually we're in verse 2 of uh, Psalm 27. And I've got five minutes to finish the other 12 verses. <laughs> he said, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they, they stumbled and fell. Why? Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Some of you need to be saying this. You need to be saying, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. If you're in depression, if you're in fear, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You know, salvation doesn't mean that I just get a ticket into heaven. If you take the word salvation in the New Testament, it comes from the Greek word sozo, and they use that, you know, thy faith has healed you as sozo. So, so salvation deals with more than your way into heaven. Thank you, Lord. He says in verse 3, he says, though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. You can dry. The Lord, through the help of the Lord, fear can be driven out. The war should rise against me, and this I will be confident. I will be confident. Wow. If I'm confident, then I am above just trying to struggle to believe. How many of you have ever struggled to believe? 
I believe you, Lord. I believe. No, your confidence says, yes, Lord, I believe you. I am confident that what you say will happen. I am confident that what you say will come to pass. I am confident that you live on the inside of me. I'm confident that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't know about you. I just love this. I preach myself happy. That's why I keep my glasses off because sometimes, oh, (laughs) hallelujah. But he says, he says in verse four, one thing have I desired. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek. You know, the problem with receiving from the Lord is we have too many desires. Too many desires. David said one thing. One thing I desire, one thing I'm going to seek after. He says, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Jesus said to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So if I seek him, I don't have to worry about the things. I've told this story a number of times, but Melody was really sick. She was looking, for the, looking at the healing scriptures. And God said, seek me. Seek me. You know, a lot of times, well, you know, uh, you know, I need money, so I look at the prosperity verses. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Seek him. Seek him. And all these things will be added unto you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I got to, he says this, he says, for in the time of trouble, I want to say this, I got trouble, you got trouble, all God's children got troubles. But he says, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place, he shall hide me, he shall set me high upon a rock. You know, the Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. I don't, you know, I I don't study this anymore, but you know, I used to like to watch stuff about the Civil War. And one of the things that the Confederates always did, except until they got to Gettysburg, was they went after the high ground. Because if you got the high ground, the people in the low ground have to climb the hill to get to you. So they're just shooting you. So when God says, when he says, God puts me in a high place, you are at, you are at a strategic place of advantage over the enemy, over the power of darkness. Thank you, Lord. You know, you say, well, you know, I just don't like enemies. You know what? If you didn't, if you didn't have enemies, you wouldn't have banquets. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So instead of looking at the enemies, what? I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to point out. But anybody here ever been to Shady Maple? 
Well, we got some slow ones going up, but you've been to Shady Maple. Are you worried about your problems when you're at Shady Maple? You don't even have a clue. Well, I don't have problems. I'm at Shady Maple. You're looking at, I was going to say the trough. You're looking, you're looking at the buffet and you're seeing all that good stuff. You're not thinking about your problems. He says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why should I be worried about it? Thank you, Lord. Besides, he says that he was going to help me and take care of me. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to verse, oh, praise God. There's just so much good. He says, and now... My head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around. Therefore, I offer the sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. In other words, when he lifts you up, he honors you. Do you know that God wants to honor you? He honors you with his favor, with his grace. He says, therefore, I will offer the sacrifices of prayer. I will sing. Yes, I will sing to the to the Lord. And those sacrifices of joy mean shouts of joy. Shouts. Thank you, Lord. Did anybody here drive alone in the car? If you're afraid to make a shout, do it in the car by yourself. Practice there. I remember when we got into, uh, into churches that raised their hand. I wasn't raised in a church that raised their hands. I remember this was raising my hands. And that was a stretch. But it got to the place, there's no problem. I've done it in Walmart. Nobody knew what I was doing. And, you know, I'll tell you what. If you, I'll tell you what you do. You just start out. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to scare everybody. You're already scared. You don't want to pass that fear on everybody else. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. He says, "Do not hide your face from me, nor turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave nor forsake me, O God of my salvation." Jesus said, "I, I won't leave you nor forsake you." Hebrews says in Hebrews uh, 13.5, he says, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we don't want to stop there. He says this, he says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can men do unto me? You know, it's not just enough to know the word. We've got to speak the word. So why, why do I have to speak the word? Because Satan doesn't respond to silence. You remember uh, in Matthew chapter, I think it's chapter four. Matthew chapter four, Jesus had fasted 40 days, 40 nights. The, the devil comes to tempt him. He says, if you be the son of God, why would he say if you be the son of God? Because he'd already heard you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 
Therefore, Satan comes says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you want to stop his voice, just start speaking the word. Just start speaking the word. You don't even have to acknowledge him. I say we acknowledge the Lord, not him. That we may boldly say, are you bold? Are you bold enough to say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, that we are living in the kingdom of light. That darkness has no power over us. And even though darkness be around us, you said that because you live in us, we are the light of the world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We give you thanks and praise and honor and glory. If you have fear in your life or, or if you want to know him better, all you have to do is say, Lord, I want more of you. I open my heart and I am willing to let you do whatever you need to do. I know some of us would say, well, Lord, I, you know, I'm going to try to do better. How many times have you said, Lord, I'll try to do better? Well, Lord doesn't, the, Lord know, the Lord knows we can't do good enough. So we ask him for his strength. We ask him for his grace. We ask him for his power. And he is willing and able. And you know what? He, he says that when, he says, because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he has raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places. God doesn't wait for you to get to the place where you're perfect. You open your mouth and say, Lord, I want you, and he raises you up to sit with him in heavenly places. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you, Lord God. For those that have heard the word of God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who will not allow that word to fall to the ground and be void. For you have declared that my word shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which you've sent it forth to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just... Let, let me just say this, be bold enough to acknowledge Jesus because he's the Savior. Say, so, well, I don't know. Start looking in the mirror and say, I confess before you, Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't have a thread on his body when he hung on that cross. It was the artist that put the little loincloth. But when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he did not have a thread of material on his body. The Bible says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame. 
He did that for you. He despised the shame, but he had a joy in you. You are his joy. You are the joy of the Lord. Wow. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up here before I start another message. Thank you, Lord. I saw the tip of the tongue that God wants to heal. It could be a physical, but it could also be a spiritual aspect. And I heard that he wants to take discouragement and turn it to courage. So if anyone needs uh, prayer in that regard.